Today, the church celebrates the feast day of St. Ephraim. Now, if you've never heard of St. Ephraim, don't worry. After all, he's kind of obscure. But he deserves to be much better known. Ephraim was a deacon who lived in the 4th century in what's now Turkey, and he's a doctor of the church who was a staggeringly prolific author. Ephraim has something for everyone. If you love sacred scripture, well, he wrote commentaries on several books of the Bible. If you love poetry, well, he wrote poems too, and he even wrote several homilies in verse. If you love music, well, he wrote hymns, lots and lots and lots of hymns, very often to explain profound mysteries of the faith in ways that uneducated people could more easily understand, using language that was theologically precise and yet approachable. But among the many things that we can learn from St. Ephraim is this. When we're brought low by suffering or by the holy humility that undergirds genuine contrition and sorrow for our sins, prayer can lift us up. Listen to these beautiful words that St. Ephraim wrote about prayer. Wondrous is prayer accompanied by sighs and tears, especially if the tears are shed in secret. He who prays in his mind with faith beholds the Lord before himself. For in him do we live, move, and exist. It doesn't take much reflection to recognize that we men and women have a kind of proclivity to sin. There really is such a thing as evil. One of the results of the fall is that all men and women now have a kind of proclivity or tendency to sin. This isn't new. But another result of the fall is that even as we so readily recognize sin in others, we have a tendency to downplay the seriousness of our own sins. We tend to rationalize or to make excuses for ourselves and for our own wrongdoing. But St. Ephraim reminds us that we should not only fight against evil committed by others, and in our present moment, sins of racism readily come to mind, but we also have to fight against the evil committed by us. Any sin, whether committed by others or by ourselves, is a just cause for weeping and sorrow, because evil is directly opposed to God and his infinite goodness and love. And so it can actually be a real act of virtue to weep over sin, especially if our sorrow extends not just outward to the sins of others, but includes sorrow over our own sins. Genuine contrition for sin doesn't drag us through the dirt of despair. Rather, it leads us to place our hope in God, the only one who can offer us the mercy and forgiveness that we so badly need. It leads us to hope in God and to long for him. Wondrous is prayer accompanied by sighs and tears, especially if the tears are shed in secret, St. Ephraim says. And that longing and yearning for God in faith and hope can actually be a means of being united to him. As St. Ephraim goes on, he who prays in his mind with faith beholds the Lord before himself. For in him do we live, move, and exist. Ask God for this gift of sorrow. Again, not the sorrow of self-hatred or of despair, but a holy sorrow over our sinfulness, a sorrow suffused with faith in God and hope in his mercy, and love for him who is love itself. Even tears can be a form of love, 
a form of confidence in God's mercy, a form of prayer. Let St. Ephraim have the last word. If your heart has been hardened, weep before the Lord, that he might shine upon you the illumination of knowledge and grant that with an ardent heart you might be carried up to him.